This show is made possible thanks to the Key Person of Influence program, whose mission is to help business owners like you become more visible, valuable, and connected doing the things you love every day of the week. Sounds good, doesn't it? You want to know how to achieve that? It's easy. Have a free hard copy of their New York Times bestseller. Guess what it's called? Become a Key Person of Influence. Genius title. Delivered to your door for free over at keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo. We're also made possible thanks to Cornerstone, an Aussie-owned family-run offshoring business based in the Philippines, where I have, by the way, just spent two mind-expanding weeks. Got home a couple of days ago. If the idea of reducing your running costs by 70-plus percent, freeing up hours in your week and generally creating more freedom in your life sounds like a, just like a really solid idea, then book a free feasibility assessment with the guys at Cornerstone. Seriously, you'll never look back. Your business will never, ever be the same again. Call them or jot this number down at least on 02-9083-6689 or visit cornerstonebusinesssolutions.com.au. Finding friends who aren't nice, making networking actually work, truly solving real customer problems, these are just a few of the successful marketing strategies today's guest has implemented since throwing in her career as a dentist, yeah, dentist, and becoming an award-winning manufacturer. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I am your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner, ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. It's exactly what we do around here, and that's what we're going to do around here for episode 354. Big show today, Pam Brook co-founder of the family-run award-winning macadamia farm, Brook Farm, joins us to share how she and her hubby are building an empire. I share another low-cost marketing idea. Today's idea is all around making your customers go, wow, with an exclamation mark. And we go back into the small business big marketing vault, revisiting a recent episode with the founder of a tiny house concept called Shacky. Yeah, big show. As per usual, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Okay, coming up, that wonderful interview with Pam Brook from Brook Farm. But I've got a couple of dates for you to lock in. One is a date change. Now, the last couple of episodes, I've been talking about the Create Freedom Through Outsourcing Tour. Number four, the fourth tour, I will be taking to the Philippines. Now, it was going to be at the end of March. However, I've moved it, yeah, to the start of May. May 1 to 3, 2017. Three days of me taking you around Manila 
and then down to a province outside of Manila and showing you all the different outsourcing options available to you, the business owner in Australia. It's a mind-expanding, life-changing tour. It's the fourth one I've done. I've just spent two weeks there. It's incredible seeing what is happening uh, and how Australian businesses are embracing this whole offshoring concept. Uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, there I'll put links in the show notes uh, to past episodes where I've gone deep into it. Um, but I think you're going to love it. You're going to hang out with me, nine other motivated business owners. Uh, the cost is two thousand nine hundred and ninety bucks twin share. All you've got to add to that is the airfares. Uh, May one to three, twenty seventeen. You know, do yourself a favour. And just, um, you know, we can never stop learning. And this is an opportunity to seriously see a side of business that will blow your mind. Uh, smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash tour uh, is where you can find all the information. And uh, I would love to see you on it because we have a lot of fun and we learn a lot of stuff. And I have mentioned before, but the inaugural podcasting awards called the Castaway Awards are being held in Sydney on April 1, 2017. They're at the Giant Dwarf Theatre. Tickets are 63 bucks. I'm the MC. There is a good reason not to come. <laughs> no, come along anyway. I'll crack a couple of dad jokes. We'll have a bit of a laugh. Love to meet you. Seriously, we'd love to meet you. You can find out all the details at castawayawards.com.au. Now, immediately following this interview, I share my top three attention grabbers plus another low-cost marketing idea in What Have You Got to Lose? But first, let's meet today's successful business owner. Pam Brook used to be a dentist. She is now co-founder of Brook Farm, which she established with her husband, Martin, an ex-film producer. How's that? We've got a dentist and an ex-film producer, an ex-dentist. Uh, they founded this Brook Farm in 1999. Brook Farm is now Australia's leading producer of gourmet macadamia products, including macadamia mueslis and walkabout mixes and all sorts of goodies. From humble beginnings at the Bangalore markets near beautiful Byron Bay, Brook Farm is now a rather large food manufacturer and farm, employing a team of over 55 people and growing. Brook Farm's products are sold throughout Australia and exported to 12 countries, including the USA and Europe. And they're also available on domestic and international airlines, ex-Australia. Bit like this podcast, hey? Did you know this show's on Virgin Airlines? Yeah, I digress. Back to Pam. I met Pam at the Telstra Business Awards last year. She actually took out the very big prize in 2007. And what struck me most about her was her eclectic mix of solid business acumen, her passion for what she does, and she's got a really cool laid-backness, if that's such a term. You know what I mean? I'm probably guessing it's from living where she does. Now, Pam's not the first business success story, and I don't think will be the last to come out of Byron Bay. So, my curiosity got the better of me. Now, Pam, I've got to ask, um, on previous episodes, I have had the girls from Spell and the Gypsy Collective. I've had yes. the fellow from Source Bulk Foods, both Byron yes. Bay, fantastic Byron Bay businesses. Quite seriously, what is happening up there? Well, we have a really entrepreneurial spirit in Byron Bay, and one of the things that you do in a region, and particularly that we do well, is we network. Um, and we network not in the you know way of just getting together and having drinks and whatever. We really share business issues. We ring each other and 
connect. I mean, in the food industry, I'm part of a regional food group called Northern Rivers Food that I'm the chair of, and we set that up just to grow the food industry in our area. So what we do is we don't have to tick any government boxes. We just tick industry boxes. So smaller, new start-up businesses, we don't want them to go through all the hassles that we went through. We want okay. them to fly from early on. So, so when you and say really network, because I think the point, what, what you, the point is, I mean, there, there are networking events where we go and... You know, most yeah. of the time don't want to be there and people hand out business cards, with cards which you don't really want. What what does networking look, look like up there? So really networking is, let's say, we, I was having a discussion with our marketing manager, Tina, the other day, and I said, oh, you know, we've got to get this WeChat stuff going in China. And then we said, well, Spell does a really good thing with WeChat. So let's just ring up Spell and say, how do you do that? what goes on and then spells happy to talk because it's not a conflicting interest or I'm looking at we're looking at a sustainability project or something to do with marketing and sales or I want an opinion on someone and I know that Jamie at Stone and Wood knows about them so I ring Jamie and I say oh who do you recommend for this or have you ever had any dealings with that and I can ring I would be able to ring over a hundred businesses in this area and just be able to have an easy phone call. Wow. And they can ring me too. So that's what we do. That's what our food group does really well. Love and we it. get together and we have a lot of, you know, just we we share our stories a lot. Okay, so so, so there's a there's a power in that, but I still wonder, I can't help but wonder what is it about Byron Bay? You know, we talk about, you know, there's a there's a creative energy there and it's been the, the, the venue of many hippies finding their way up there over the years and all that type of stuff. But there's some they're big brands. I mean, you know, Brook Farm, Spell and the Gypsy Collective, Stone and Wood Beer, um, Source Bulk Foods. These are... These are big Australian brands. Is, is there? Do you actually think there is a, a strong creative energy? Oh, there's a huge creative energy. I Tell mean, me I about think that. In the area, we've got, uh, in terms of, well, just even in terms of tertiary degrees per head of population, that's pretty high up here. There's also a lot of innovation that happens around here in terms of IT. There's some good IT networks like Stardino and whatever. But if you say to somebody, it's a bit like the employment challenge in Byron Bay. Not many people move here for jobs that we tend to employ locally mm-hmm. a lot. But a lot of people move here to start businesses mm. because why wouldn't you move somewhere to start a business that's got good creative support around you. You've got a plethora of graphic designers and those sort of things. We live in one of the most beautiful parts of the world, but we're very interconnected. We're, you know, Gold Coast is 40 minutes, Gold Coast Airport's 40 minutes to the north. Mm. Uh, Ballina Airport is 20 minutes to the south. And we've, it's easy to connect from here, so mm. a lot of people can work from here and also commute from here too. And there's a real creative energy here too. It's like, well, you've got a good idea, just do it. Wow. Don't wait, just do it. You should, um, and um, there's a local company here called Start Inno, and their their thing is, just do it. 
you know, what are you waiting for to get started? There's so many supports that you can do, get do, in do this you, area to starting, but you should do it. Do, do you believe in that? I, it's funny you should mention that. My, my previous guest um, was Peter from Burley Brewing. Uh, I have recently listened to an interview with Branson who talks about screw it, uh, just do it. Um, It can be a phrase that we hear a lot. Do you as a successful business owner truly deeply believe that just doing something, just embarking on an idea, just taking a risk on a marketing idea or whatever it is, is good policy? Well, I think it is. Like when we started Brook Farm, I was a dentist. Martin was a film producer. How much experience <laughs> did we have in food? None. I love we it. Eat food. <laughs> we eat food every day. And, you know, when we first started, people said, oh, you should get a consultant in. And then we got a consultant in. It was like, well, they weren't telling us really that much that mm-hmm. we didn't know. I'd run a successful business as a dentist before, so I knew a lot about HR and staff. I just yeah. didn't know that much about the food industry. Mouths, um, mouths eat food. Teeth are required yeah, to eat, eat macadamia. You've got to make a product that passes every taste test. So when I said we just started, we said, well, okay, if we're going to make a really good product that's delicious, then I'll get a really independent taste panel in of people to test it. Not friends, because friends will be nice to you. We mm-hmm. wanted to get people in who wouldn't be nice to us. So we got. We did the right taste panels. We made sure we got our pricings right and those sort of things, and we really learnt on the job fast. But if you don't start, if you so, if you don't have the courage to take that first step, then you don't get to solve the problems that you hit along the way. And one of the things I say about business is, you come to business to solve problems, and the cleverer businesses solve problems really well. So when you start, then you start to hit all the bumps and the speed bumps. But how you solve those and how you reach out to other people for support and help and, and how you just face them down yourself is the making of your business. What, what, do, you, what do you think then that a lot of business owners get wrong? Uh, let's see. Determination. You know, it's never somebody else's fault. You know, always look to yourself as to okay, what can I do to change this? Because sometimes you'll hit roadblocks or problems. And let's say you're trying to sell to somebody and it's not working. They're not going to take it. Well, look laterally, look at other areas, but don't just get stuck. You have to be really, really think laterally. So the first thing is look to yourself and really look at solving problems yourself. Mm -hmm. The second thing is get good advice, practical advice from people with business experience who really can help you solve your problems. Uh, and if don't do what you're not good at. So if, like, in our business when we started, Martin was the king of sales and marketing because he can just talk to people. And that's his gift. He just talks to people and he's a natural salesman because you don't... It's not a hard sell that gets a great product to market. It's really understanding your customer and really looking after your customer that really gets your product to market. I was really good on more of the strategic and finance and planning side and the production side, so we combined our skills. But some people sometimes, they're really good at the production, but they're no good at the sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. So they need to either learn it 
or they need to bring somebody in who can help them with it. There's classic, so classic small business stuff, isn't it, Pam, where yes. we try to do everything because we're either, yes. well, we're either control freaks and no one can do it better than us or we simply can't afford to bring in someone else. Yeah, that's right. And if you can't afford to bring in somebody else then and you're lousy at it, then you need to learn how to be good at it. Yep. Then you need to study. You know, there's so many good... Uh, so much with the internet now, you know, there's so much. There's YouTube, there's no, you know, the TED yeah. Talks. There's Podcasts, so yeah, there's small out. business, big Podcasts. marketing shows, very good. There's everything <laughs> out there to help you, yeah. And if you're still lousy at it, then you really need to do it and employ somebody else. Yeah, 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 it. correct, correct. <laughs> you're doing something wrong. So, yeah. uh, okay, I, I love the fact that I'm going to work back now. I love the fact that you were a dentist. Uh, uh, yes. Martin was a film producer. And you have had a point in your life where you've looked at each other lovingly in the eye and said, let's start a macadamia farm in Byron. Yes. <laughs> How did that come about? Oh, it did originally start as a, a bit of a, uh, a dinner party with a lot of red there wine you go. and some friends. There you go. Yep. That's where all great ideas Well, they often end there too, though. <laughs> they often end. No, so when we first started, um, we were going to move to Byron Bay to live, and it was a lifestyle change uh. back in back in the late 80s. But then when we bought the farm, um, I was in the process of selling my practice, and then the recession that we had to have hit. So we just planted out a macadamia farm. Um, I was just building a new building in Melbourne, and interest rates hit 22%. Ouch. And so the plan to move was put on hold for 10 years. And that was actually a really good thing because we just had to survive with our existing jobs in Melbourne just and just to pay the interest payments. Were you worn out or you just had uh, a, a wonderful dream to, to move to Byron and run a farm? Um, no, not really worn out. You know, I really loved dentistry when I did it and I think I left at my peak. I wasn't jaded with it, but... It was where was the next challenge coming from and I would have had to go back and do a whole lot more academic study and other things that I would give me that challenge. And it mm-hmm. was like, no, I grew up in a family where manufacturing was core to us. I grew up, my dad was in the rag trade. And in those days, you'd walk through the pattern cutters of sports girl and sports craft and they were sewing, they were pattern cutting, they were producing something that went right out to retail. And I love that thing about manufacture. So manufacture and making something in Australia... In the blood. Uh, was, ..was in the blood. And so it was just the next challenge. And also after 10 years of having our farm, that's where the business idea to grow Brook Farm came from because we realised that over that 10 years there was no value-adding happening to macadamias in Australia. It was all going overseas for other people to do clever things with. And if we weren't careful, we were going to end up a commodity crop. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when you're a price taker, not a price maker. Uh. And so then we said, well, let's create some gourmet macadamia products that takes macadamias out of the snack food area and puts them in every day because there's so many great health benefits. A bit of value-adding. Valuating, mm. valuating. And when we started one of the other products that were our first product was macadamia oil and we only wanted to bottle the best. Whereas at that time the industry was bottling what they called the waste or the rejects. 
And when we first spoke to some people in the industry, one guy said, um, oh, that's a stupid idea, you know, it's just waste, who's going to do that? But then one other guy said, no, that's a really great idea, you should go for it. And we did. So we just had these little supports to fall back on for advice in the industry. One of the first things we did when we moved up here was we went and sat down and for the afternoon with John from Byron Bay Chili Company, mm-hmm. who we met at a tasting in Melbourne and in a supermarket in Melbourne. And he said, oh, yeah, if you move up here, come and talk. And yeah. he gave us some great advice. So from the very beginning, we've always reached out, but followed through on what our vision was. Well, there's, and there's the difference, follow through, you know, reaching yeah. out. There's plenty of people who want to pick your brains, and you obviously yeah. picked John the Chili Man's brain, but uh, then then took some action, right? And um, yes. here you are yeah. today. I've got to ask, and I'm going to digress here, completely unrelated to marketing. I've always wondered, like even with olive oil, but particularly macadamia oil, macadamia is a solid nut. Yeah. How do you get a clear oil from a solid nut? So the macadamia is normally about 40% oil in the nut. It's one of the highest oil content nuts, and it's really um, high in the monounsaturated fats and cholesterol-free, and and it's delicious. It's got the soft, buttery, nuttery nut. Come on, Pam. Don't try and sell it. (laughs) Well, no, I get carried away. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But how do you get the oil out of it? So it's it's literally like crushing olive oil. So you put um, you put macadamias, and it's often pieces that go in there, and you put some shell in there too. So you need something that helps crush the nut too, and then it goes through these massive big presses and crushes. Then once it's crushed, then it's winterized, which means it's chilled to you know zero degrees. And that then separates all the waxes out. So then they remove the waxes, and with the waxes, any impurities come, yeah. and then it goes through just a filter, but just a, a filter for large particles. And that's all. It's just cold-pressed. There's no additives. There's no, um, uh, you know, enhancements. Mm. Or, or still amazing anything. how you can get a, a clear oil from a nut, but anyway, I wouldn't yes. have a clue. No, the Do, winterizing is the secret. Uh, it's the old winterizing. I, I, I knew that was the missing step. I, I, I wasn't aware. Of of yeah, <laughs> tell me, you, you you got this rundown dairy farm. You turned it into a successful macadamia farm, uh, not overnight. Clearly, was there a moment yeah. when you've looked at Martin and gone, or oh, maybe dentistry and film production looks pretty good? No. Wow. No, we've always had doubt. We've always had challenges, and yep. every year we'd say to each other. Um, I mean, every year we'd say to each other when we started the business, okay, we've got to do this to achieve this week. We've got to make this much to do this. We've got to get this many new stores. And it would be the challenge of how do we do it, not, oh, gee, that's too scary. Yep. You always, if you set it, if you set a goal, then we always work back and say, how? Like, if we want to be in 300 stores in the first year, then we just work it back to, how, what's that a week? How many is that a week? And it's sort of a bring it back to an achievable level so that it's not scary. Regarding the farm, I mean, the farm is so beautiful. We planted um, 4,500 macadamia trees, and then in the gullies we plant, where you couldn't plant macadamias, then we planted rainforest in some areas, eucalypts in some other areas, and it's, so it became a haven for wildlife. So the farm is just that wonderful 
place to go at the end of the day and say, oh, this is what it's all about. So, it's yeah, it's like looking, the land. looking into people's mouths or walking through the gullies of the rainforest. Yeah, yeah, I know what I'd be choosing. <laughs> you, you, um, okay, so just wrap some numbers, if you could, Pam, around where the business is at now. So we started in November 2000, and there was just the two of us for the first nearly three years. I think we had one employee and some child labour, now two boys. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I think every small business has You've some child labour. You've got to have some child labour, yeah. <laughs> um, appropriately looked after and applying to all the Geneva Conventions or whatever, course, may I say. Of course, of course. Then we gradually grew uh, over the years in 2000, so that was 2003, there were just sort of three of us and the kids. Then in 2007, that was when we won the Telstra Business of the Year Mm -hmm. Award. We had 17 employees at that time. And from the very beginning, we've always sold to domestically throughout Australia and looked at export. Today, we have 68 employees. Wow. And still selling domestically throughout Australia. We just go through the independent supply chain of the in supporting Australia's independent supermarkets and retailers right. because they were the ones who supported us in the beginning. And for us, we wanted to never have one customer take more than 10% of our volume or turnover. That way we could manage the risk. So... That was really key for us in our decision making of, you know, spreading, spreading, spreading um, our sales and and uh, and separating domestic from export. I mean, our goal has always been to have domestic and export fifty fifty would be the ideal risk management. Mm-hmm. Today we're at about twenty three percent export, and so we've still got quite a way to go. go. Yeah, how does it um, domestic sales? How does it sit with you, Pam, that Brook Farm is now employing sixty-eight people, and yet you moved up there as a tree change to seek—I don't know—I'm going to put words into your mouth, but a more comfortable way of life. You're now running a, a significantly sized business, of which comes along stress and all the anxieties of a business that size. It, 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 have you outgrown yourself or you've managed to do it in a way oh. that still feels like a, a little cottage industry? So I think whenever we get stressed, we know that we have to look at ourselves from outside in and say why. So one of the things often stress is that we're not doing something cleverly enough. We might need to introduce some better IT systems or whatever, we might need to put more people on or we might need someone who's more highly skilled to help to help us. So one of the things that we've done along the way is we've really built up a great management team. So it's a family business, uh, but we've also got a lot of, uh, a lot of, we employ a lot of really great skilled people. Mm-hmm. We always hire on attitude so that they're a real cultural fit to Brook Farm. How do you do that? So How do you identify? Is it just you pick it up in an interview? In, yeah, interview is everything. Mm. I mean, there's some key questions, you know, we always ask. You know, there's a lot of stuff about how do you handle, how do you handle difficult people? How do you handle conflict? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot about just finding out about the person and what that makes them tick right. and what they like to do. 
And one of the most important things is tell me about you and food. I mean, if nice. you've got someone in the food industry who doesn't like food... Love that question. Ask me, ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I mean, if they don't love food, they're in the wrong industry. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really important thing. And really, uh, I was talking to someone the other day and they gave... They just said one of those little pearls. They just said, always employ people who are cleverer than you. Yeah. And so hiring, you know, we put on a new sales manager in the last 12 months and a new procurement manager, and they're so skilled at their job and they so love what they do that they've taken all the stress out of those areas and taken the teams to new levels. So it's right about having the right people in the right places and if we are stressed, we identify it. Stress is not like, oh, what do we do? It's like, okay, we've got a problem, we're stressed. Let's look at where the problem is and how we solve it. I love is that. what uh, we do. I love what you say. Stress is when we're not doing something cleverly enough. It's true. Yeah. You know, you find a solution and remove it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Work through it and solve the problem so you're not scared of it. Some people sort of freeze in stress, but yeah. I think it's really important to... Um, you know, if you're stressed, you really need to solve the problems and get it right. Can you, so you can sleep at night. Oh, I like that. Many don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you remember that uh, a moment along the journey of Brook Farm, Pam, where we call, you know, we call it the tipping point, where things just all of a sudden got exciting? I think one of the first ones, oh, the first ones was just the first day we ever drove out the drive into Ballina to actually bake at the Blue Seas Bakery and make our first product. I can still visually remember that day, the two of us, naive as we were, but mm -hmm. so excited. The next one was when in 2003 I said it's time to retire from dentistry and go full-time in the business. Mm. That was big because we knew that the business was definitely a goer. There was no doubt at that stage. And other key points is when we, as we've grown and because we're manufacturers, you know, we've moved into new buildings and really in a regional area, you often have to build those buildings. It really pushes your capital, capital uh, needs, really strains those. Mm -hmm. And it's always that, just that acknowledgement that, okay, we've done that now, but after two years we'll be all right. And we just embark on the plan and suddenly after that first year, it's, it suddenly gets easier. Suddenly everyone goes, whew, all of a sudden it feels better now. You know, yeah. we're in charge again and it's, it's really good. Um, and um, recently we just built the Cape Byron Distillery. That was so exciting. You Getting built a out. distillery. Yes, we just started a new business. We started the um, the Cape Byron Distillery. It's a new family business with our sons, and um, we partnered also with a brilliant Scottish distiller called wow. Jim McEwen. Yeah, right. So now we're our first product, Brookie Byron Dry Gin, has hit the market, and um, that we really literally started that in November. Well, and that's exciting too. Why? I mean, it sounds obvious, but what? Why? Why? Well. You know, we love, um, oh, I've been a whiskey drinker since an early age. <laughs> um, our son, our youngest son was in the spirits industry. But did you, did you feel as though, well, is this a challenge to pass on to the next generation of Brooks or is, did you feel as though uh, Brook Farm, you'd got it to where you'd wanted it and now it was time for a new challenge for everyone? 
No, no, not really either of those. Like Brook Farm has an ex- such an ex- such exciting years ahead, mm-hmm. um, and so does the distillery. One of the things we did this year, and um, uh, a great um, a great organisation for people to join, is the Family Business Association. We mm-hmm. just got so much out of that. We went along to that, and we one of the things we've done now is we've started a family charter. So Brook Farm is a generational business. We've not built it up to sell. We've built it up to pass to the next generations. So we're always looking to the future. Mm-hmm. And the distillery is also a generational business. We want to start a whole generation of Byron Bay distillers Beautiful. in our family. So um, I think it's looking at the strengths of the people in your family. And Eddie, our youngest son, had worked in the spirits industry for five or six years in sales and marketing. And then... He uh, met this wonderful distiller, Jim McEwen, who was from Brooklady at the time and was doing a master distiller's tour. So out of a conversation with them when Eddie was chaperoning him on this master classes all around Australia, and um, Jim said, so what do your mummy and daddy do? And Eddie started talking about the farm and the rainforest and all the beautiful botanicals in the rainforest. And then the discussion got around to, well, you know, we could make gin from rainforest there botanicals. We, we could put a distillery in the heart of our farm. No one's ever done that in Australia, in the heart of the farm. We could use botanicals just from our region and some bo- traditional botanicals, and we'll make one of the best gins in the world. Wow. And that's how we started. It was just a great idea. And we said, you know what? We really have the skills to do this. We could do that. So we did. Is your, is the farm a destination or is it simply a, a place of production? It will be a destination. Um, to start with, it's... Uh, to start with, it's, it's... When you start up a business again, you forget what it's like going right back in small steps. Make sure everything's right. Yep. So we're just getting... Making sure everything's right with sales, marketing, packaging, particularly making sure the product's exactly right, working through all those early hiccups. Mm -hmm. And then later on this year, we'll open as a cellar door destination. But What's the value in that, that, Pam? Because I imagine it doesn't add a lot to the bottom line. Um, It offers an interesting experience for those who want to come and see Brook Farm for themselves. Oh, I think it adds... I think it adds a, a lot. It can add a lot to the bottom line. So we'll do ours by appointment. We're not going to be open slather. Mm-hmm. So we'll be by appointment only, small tours of like 15 people or so at a time. But one of the things that, that if you look at other businesses up here, if you look at, um, I don't know if you've been to the farm up here, that was a bit like a case of if you build it, they will come. It's this spectacular organic farm and the Blue Ducks put a beautiful restaurant on there and people just love to go there because they can sit and walk around, they can walk around the farm, they can enjoy beautiful natural food, beautifully prepared and it's just, people are longing to touch and feel. Mm -hmm. So when they come to the cellar door, it's not like a traditional cellar door, they come to our cellar door in the heart of our farm, overlooking our macadamia farm and overlooking our rainforest. So they can taste and experience the story of our gin. They can walk around and look at the macadamias, which are part of Brook Farm. They go on a rainforest tour to see where the botanicals are. And they understand, they can see a rainforest that's only 30 years old. Mm-hmm. 
but is this wonderful mature rainforest. So one of the things we want to do is inspire people to support rainforest regeneration if they have land of their own to plant. We want to get people connected between a product and the land. That's a really, really important thing for us at Brook Farm and at Cape Byron Distillery, the connection between food or beverage and the land that it comes from. You can't separate those, and people need to make their choices based on how the land is left once the product is grown. That's a really important thing that we feel. I I love how you've got so many things going on, Pam. You've got, you know, all the products out of Brook Farm. You've got this distillery. You've got the whole nature thing happening. You're looking to create a destination now. I mean, it sounds like you've made the right decision. Well, you know, there's no... You know, what's retirement? Retirement is just changing and doing something else, isn't it? Correct. You know? Yeah, I so, can't imagine you are bowling or, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> well, golf every day. I could, but it's a bit competitive. Isn't yeah, it? there you go. There you go. What, what's the, uh, before I ask you five quick questions to finish up, what's the most effective marketing that you've done for Brook Farm over the years? Uh, the most effective marketing is connecting people to our farm and Connecting people to our farm and telling our story, telling our story to people, the, yeah. the story. So, Gee, that's the a story common, is a so much thread. more than the so much more than the product, mm. and it has to be totally the genuine story. There's no greenwashing or any of that. It, it, that's that's the most important thing, and that it's that our people really connect with other people, with the consumer, you know. The community that Brook Farm is part of is everyone we touch. So every time someone comes in contact with a Brook Farm product, eats it, we want them to enjoy it. We want it to make a difference to their day that mm-hmm. they said, wow, that was great. Or they really connect with the farm or a whole lot of things that we do. So yeah. um, that's our um key marketing thing. Well, it's a common link every... I mean, so many past guests of this show talk about storytelling as being a major way of getting their message across and getting getting people to emotionally engage in their product or service. Um, Makes sense. And I think that's the biggest challenge in a business is to make sure everyone who works with you lives your story too. Yeah. That you you don't make them do that. That you embrace them to become part of that story. That's always, I would say, the biggest one of the biggest challenges in business. And if you can do that well, then you build a great culture. Do, do you have a yeah. tip for making that happen? Oh, work on it every day. Yeah. Work on it every day. Um, really listen to you. Listen to your staff mm-hmm. and make the changes that are yeah. Do the things that you need to do to connect with with your team so try don't let your business become siloed yeah Yeah. and if um and stick to that that core if it doesn't fit what you're about if whatever you're doing doesn't fit with um what you're about like our philosophy is it starts on the family farm we want to create we're here to create premium gourmet food products and we're here to make a difference to our community and the environment. So if everything we do every day doesn't tick those boxes, if you're heading off in a different ethical direction, then put yourself back. Love it. Pam, I've got yep. five quickies before we finish yes. up. You ready? What's your favourite holiday destination? Oh, Canada, heli skiing. Oh, there you go. Oh, heli skiing. Good. Yes. Love that. I was talking, here I am I talking it. about bowls. No, no, I did it on a bucket list once and I could never, never stop. It's oh, my amazing. one luxury in the year. It's just 
I love, live for it. What or who gives you a real belly laugh? What or who gives me a real belly laugh? My family. Oh, there you go. That's lovely. Anyone in particular? Well, yeah, Martin's pretty hilarious sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I briefly met Martin. <laughs> and my the other... grandchildren too. Oh, yeah. that's nice. I briefly met yeah. Martin the other day, and uh, I got a sense that he's he, there's a che- there's a cheekiness about him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. There's a wonderful postcard I have of a kid sitting on Santa's knee that says, "What do you mean by good?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, now, Pam, uh, when were you left speechless? When was I left speechless? Um, uh, sometimes politicians leave me speechless. Yeah, yeah, well, join the line. Uh, <laughs> sweet or savoury? Uh, savoury. What are we talking? Macadamias, I guess. Oh, macadamias, um, yeah, savoury things like even breakfast cereal, not too sweet. Okay. Uh, savoury, love to cook, love to create beautiful food. What's the worst advice you've ever been given? Uh, the worst advice I've ever been given is to contract out. Oh. What do well, Brookfarm wouldn't be here today if we'd done that. Yeah, right. So one of, for us as a food manufacturer, I think that's core to our being that, you know, in our mission statement, we make beautiful gourmet food. So mm-hmm. someone said, oh, you'll get to a certain size and then you won't want to make it anymore. <laughs> you'll want to contract it out to somebody else. Like, I can see why at times we might have to contract out something in the short term in between yeah. you know, varying capacity growth. But for us, to if we didn't make it here, then we'd lose part of the Brook Farm story. It's amazing it how what that, we're doing. It's, it's amazing how that connection does translate and transfer into yeah. everything else you do. And the minute you hand it over to someone else, it, it, you know, even an outsider can smell that. Yes. Mm. So uh, maybe then I wouldn't say contracting out. Maybe I'd say going against your culture. There that you go. would be the biggest mistake anyone can make. Yeah. yeah. Great. Pam, well done on Brook Farm. Well done on leaving dentistry and Martin's film production career. I think it's been a wise <laughs> decision. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to following the distillery. What's the name of the distillery? The distillery is Kate Byron Distillery. There you go. And the gin is called Brookie's Byron Dry Gin. Love it. Good luck with it all. Thanks, Pam. Okay, lovely to talk to you, Tim. Thanks so much. There you go. Ex-dentist turned award-winning macadamia farmer, manufacturer and all-round businesswoman, Pam Brook of Brook Farm. Now, coming up, I share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Pam, plus... I've got another low-cost marketing idea for you that's going to make you go, wow, wow, with an exclamation mark. But first, here's a little something to create more freedom in your business. Do you find yourself spending way too much time working in your business? Spending precious time on tasks that, as a business owner, you really should be getting others to do? Or maybe you find yourself paying way above the odds to get these tasks done. Things like data entry, inbound and outbound calling, social media, website and diary management, all those things that just take up time. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. The sooner you offload this work and expense, the sooner you can focus on building that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. And that's where Cornerstone steps in. Cornerstone is an Aussie-owned and run company based in the Philippines and are specialists in finding you 
full-time virtual assistants from as little as $8 an hour. The freedom this will create for you is unbelievable. As a Cornerstone client, Anna Davies said of her virtual assistant, and I quote, he's incredibly pleasant to work with. Having him in the team is excellent. I can't imagine how our lives were without him. End quote. So go ahead and book a no-obligation discovery call with Cornerstone today by calling 02-9083-6689 or visit cornerstonebusinesssolutions.com.au. I believe in them so much, I own part of the business. This week saw the launch of an exclusive webinar series for members of the Small Business Big Marketing Club, of which I hope you are one. If you're not, it's not too late to join. I'll explain how later. Glenn Carlson, the founder of the Key Person of Influence program, joined us to explain the nine steps he uses to create highly profitable partnerships. Here he is talking about the all-important first step. Step one is what are you trying to get done, right? What is the thing that if you were to achieve that thing would create a transformational order of magnitude? And by the way, this event took us from uh, zero to over a million in revenue in our first year, a million in profit in two and a half years or so, just leveraging the strategy. But this was the starting point and I want to unpack it to prove you don't need stuff to start with because people now look at what we're doing and they go, oh, it's good for you because you've got the podcast and the brand and the events and the this and the that and the everything and the global business and whatever. Didn't have that at the start. Started with mm. zilch, right? And so in six years, um, we've built a you know 20 million plus global small business where, I don't know, 85% of all of our revenue uh, and major opportunities and the breakthroughs have come through this strategy. So I'm all in on it is what I'm saying. Step one, what are you trying to get done? What is that? big thing that would create the order of magnitude, the 10x breakthrough. And the the reason that I like 10x thinking is not only does it sound very cool and like it's something that's come out of Silicon Valley, which is very edgy right now, but it's often easier um, to pull off something big and exciting than something small and mediocre because no one wants to support or engage or get involved with something small and mediocre. It's like if you're looking to recruit a team member, and you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of run this dinky eye little small thing and it's nothing much and da-da-da. No one wants to support you or work with you or come and join that team for a, at a discount. Um, as opposed to people do want to work with a company, even if it's a small budding company with a great vision and a great uh, leader that's you know, communicating that vision, etc. So you know, uh, playing 10x often just makes everything a lot easier. So I th- and there's, I mean, that the, the wonderful quote: "Shoot for the stars and land on the moon." So if you're running for ten x and you get five x, yeah. Oh, I'm. I've recently, okay. I've recently come across some thinking where I've changed my thinking around: shoot for the stars and and you'll and you'll hit the moon. Oh, controversial. Uh, Glenn goes on to explain why he no longer agrees with that saying, plus he shares his other eight tried and tested steps in creating profitable partnerships. And I've got to tell you, it was 60 minutes of absolute marketing gold. 
And you can listen to the whole lot as often as you like by joining the Small Business Big Marketing Club over at crankmymarketing.com. It's just 67 bucks a month. And if you can't make that back plus multiples more each month, then I am doing something wrong. Righto, my top three attention grabbers thanks to Key Person of Influence and Cornerstone. Attention grabber number one. Clever businesses solve problems really well, said Pam. I love that. The question is, how well are you solving your customers' problems? And what could you do to solve them even better? Write those questions down and maybe cogitate over them next time you sit down for a little latte. Attention grabber number two from a chat with Pam. Don't do what you're not good at. Another quote from Pam. I love it. This week, here's what I want you to do. Identify three tasks you could hand over to someone else to do. Could be invoicing, social media management, editing of that wonderfully helpful content you're creating. You're creating helpful content, aren't you? Like I talk about in my book, The Boomerang Effect. Please tell me you do. Then I want you to call Cornerstone to find a virtual team member who'll take those tasks off your hands once and for all at a fraction of the cost. Don't do what you're not good at. Attention grabber number three, network. Really, really network. I love the way business owners up in the Byron area are truly helping build each other's businesses through the smart exchange of knowledge and resources, and not just business cards, which is what so many networking events seem to be. A business card extravaganza. No more of that. Do what they're doing up in Byron. What grabbed your attention? Love to know. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 354. Oh, yes, indeedly doodly. It's time for one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can implement immediately. One that won't cost a fortune and that might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry, and ultimately more sales. I call today's idea creating a little wow. Yeah, wow, with an exclamation mark. Maybe three. You know, in a world of sameness, it's hard to stand out, right? to create that precious point of difference that will have you standing head and shoulders above your competition. I mean, someone will always match you on price, stock similar products, or offer similar services. But not every business can make their customers go, wow, wow, yeah, say it with me. They should, but they don't. Or maybe they just don't know how to. Well, it doesn't need to be that hard. Start with a little wow, and work your way up. Here's my three steps to creating a little wow. Step one, get some A3 paper and draw a timeline with the far left-hand side being the first moment a prospect comes into contact with your business. Think website, signage, business card, you know, touch points like that. And on the far right-hand side, make that the post-purchase area once the transaction is completed. Then, along the timeline, fill in all the moments of truth in between. Those moments where you have an opportunity to wow your customers. Step two, 
Choose one moment of truth and sprinkle a little wow on it. It might be when a prospect walks into your shop and you offer them a glass of water, or maybe it's three months after a purchase when you, the boss, rings them and asks, how's it all going? Hey, just a little surprise and delight. Step three, action your little wow idea. Then rinse and repeat. The aim is to create a whole lot of little wow moments, which will all add up to an unforgettable and highly shareable customer experience. And here's the pro tip. Read Delivering Happiness by Zappos founder, Tony Shea. It'll show you how to take a little wow to a whole new level. As always, you'll find links to any resources mentioned in this idea over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 354. And if you'd like help implementing any of the ideas I share in this segment, and I've shared a few, go ahead and join the Small Business Big Marketing Club over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, where I'll personally support you on your marketing journey. In fact, myself and other members are sharing our little wow ideas right now. So, what have you got to lose? Alrighty, that almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show. But don't worry, there's plenty of marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead with some real surprises, actually. Recently, I spoke with a very cool guy, Jupe Penats, who's the creator of a tiny house concept called Shacky that's been receiving a lot of media coverage of late. Here he is talking about Shacky's inspiration. JOMO stands for the joy of missing out. One of the reasons why I started Shecky is really taking some time off to relax and taking some time to really listen to the birds and look out the window, have a really intense conversation with the, with the pe- people you're with, like actually listen to them. In your day-to-day life, there's more and more distractions the whole day. Like, I mean, all your listeners with their own businesses, they will, they'll have their emails coming in the whole day. They'll have mm. business appointments. But then on top of that, when you get home, there's Facebook and there's Instagram and then there's uh, television and then there's other things happening and less and less time is actually really meant for yourself like really just to be in the moment by yourself and i might sound way too old now for a 26 year old uh, (laughs) dutchman but like i forget it too and i I just continue and continue and continue and at some point you you burn yourself out and you you lose your creativity you lose your problem-solving abilities to get back to jomo the joy of missing out is a moment where you don't have internet connection where there's no television where there is basically nothing apart from yourself and in the case of shecky beautiful environment Ah, yes, you've got to love a bit of Jomo, hey? The joy of missing out. What a wonderful concept. You can find my full interview with you, plus hundreds more, over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, or you can subscribe free on iTunes. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me. Ask me a question. Give me some feedback. Tell me what you're thinking. Tim at Tim Reed, R-E-I-D. .com.au, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Timbo Reed. Grab a free hard copy of the Key Person of Influence book. That would be a good thing to do. It's free. Gets delivered to your door over at keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo, but only if you want to become more visible, valuable, and connected in your industry. And be sure to check out Cornerstone if the idea of reducing your running costs by 70 plus percent excites the hell out of you. Or maybe you just want to come on the fourth Create Freedom through outsourcing tour with me to the Philippines in May 2017. Love to see you on it. 
Head over to cornerstonebusinesssolutions.com.au. You'll find all the details there. Hey, if you love this show, the small business big marketing show that is, then let another business owner know about it. In fact, what I'd do is I'd grab their iPhone or their smartphone and download it for them. Put it straight on there. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reid. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.